Praise the Lord. I see our victory in Christ Jesus. It's real. I want you to know that right now. The victory we have in Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection uh, for the forgiveness of our sins is real. And no one can take that from us. We can celebrate. But you need to know right now, I care about you too much to not alert you to this. We're in a battle. The battle is for your heart. The battle is for your life. Jesus spoke about this. The Apostle Paul spoke about this. And it's my pleasure and opportunity to speak to you about it right now. I need to remind you right now that we're in a battle. Our battle is not against a political party. It's not against any one person. It's much more intense than that. We need to wake up and realize our battle is against evil. It's not against flesh and blood. It's, a, it's against powers that are beyond this world. Satan has always been and always will be trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus told us that. He specifically wants to steal your life right now. I wonder how many of you are in your room, you're looking at each other right now and thinking, What's Tyson been doing this week? What's he been watching on YouTube? Why is he so weird this morning? Guys, I haven't been watching near as much YouTube, but I have been listening more and more to the Word of God. And while I am concerned about what's going on in the world, I am. While I am preparing with the leaders of this church to make more and more stand to protect uh, what we believe and, and what we are drawn to through the Word of God, I am not worried because Christ has given us a victory. And no one can take that away. Jesus tells us about this battle, and he tells us that we're in this battle. And then he goes on to say this, and here's where I want you to find comfort and peace from. He says, I, I tell you this to have peace. In John 16, 33, he says this, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. If you have given your heart to Christ, if he is the Lord and Savior of your life, no matter how you feel, no matter what the world's telling you right now, you can celebrate because of victory, because he has overcome the world in what he's done for us on the cross and through his resurrection. He conquered both sin and death, and we should celebrate. Too many Christians right now are, are running around scared, wondering what's next. We should not have any fear. Should we be prepared to stand up? Yes. Do we need to protect one another by making good choices? Absolutely. But we can celebrate because the victory is ours in Christ. Paul reminds us that we can celebrate and even have joy. Now, this is not the type of joy that, that you're happy because everything is, is just perfect. This is joy because you know where your future is in Christ. You know where your hope is. Here's what he says in Romans 5. He tells about this hope and this joy. He says, I rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they can help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. I am one of those sinners saved by grace and I pray that you are as well. No one can take that away, even though we didn't earn it. It is ours because of what Christ has done, because he died for us on the cross and arose from the grave, the victor over both sin and death. Man, that, that gets me pumped. If you want to know more about that, man, please contact us. Fill out a, a Connect card. Just this past week, someone uh, contacted us, and I was able to go share with a new friend of mine named Tom. He lives just a, a few blocks from the church, but, but he had never put his faith completely in Jesus, and I began to share with him, and and he knew that God is supreme, and, and he uh, began to uh, put his faith in him, and he confessed Jesus as Lord. 
He repented of his sins and he was baptized and he was made new. And man, that gets me excited. It gets me pumped to think about that. But what happens the next day when, when we have other things that happen, when, when, when the news isn't so good? Have you noticed you can feel one way one day and, and just a few hours later right now, especially in the COVID crisis, you can feel a completely different way. It's based on what you hear, what opinions comes your way, what you see on social media. And all of a sudden you got all these doubts running through your mind. We need to fight against that, but how? Makes me think of this week when I was jumping with the kids on the trampoline. Yes, I was jumping with the kids on the trampoline. They were showing me their new tricks, man. They're, they're doing some amazing things. Greater things than I've ever dreamed of doing on a trampoline. Jumping uh, front flip this way, back flip this way, side twist that way, back into a, a back flip. I mean, it's amazing. And I was like, man, I'm feeling pretty good. And so I prepared and I cleared the way on the trampoline for to do one of my famous front flips. And, and I'm bouncing, feeling pretty good. As I begin the front flip, I'm confident in my, my mind I'm going to nail the thing. To my surprise, you know, I, I, my legs kind of buckle, uh, buckle and I, I, I don't pull out of it. I stand up and I notice all the kids are silent. They're, they're like I'm either amazed at my height I achieved on my flip or I've made a total fool of myself. So I turned to Declan. I said, what? He goes, Dad, you're getting really old. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'm no spring chicken. But I'm the exact same age as I was 30 seconds before when I'm like, I can nail this front flip. But because of his, because of his statement, because of his opinion, all of a sudden I begin to doubt myself, begin to second guess everything I'm trying to do. I'm like, should I even just get off of trampling right now? And maybe that's true, but, but what changed was his opinion, his statement. I want you to consider this right now. Be very careful that opinions of this world, what you see all around you on the news, on social media, in books, from neighbors down the street, that they not affect your uh, faith in Christ. They so easily can change how we feel. So today I want to encourage you, no matter what you face, no matter what you hear, no matter what trials you're going through, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation, and that is secure. How do we fight against that? How do we fight against that, the feelings changing so quickly? Know that your victory is secure in Christ. Your eternal destination is not based on feelings. It's based on our faith in God's word and truth in the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why we need to learn to lean not on our feelings, not on the most recent Facebook post, not, not on what your friends are saying, but lean on the, the fact that our faith is secure and grounded in the unchanging word of God and what Jesus Christ has done for you. Man, right there is why the church leaders have put on our first value that we, we believe in in our church. A guiding principle of our church is this, that we value biblical truth. We value God's word as the ultimate authority, the ultimate guide that keeps us grounded, that, that keeps us focused because it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's truth. It's timeless. Please hear this. At FCC, we are guided at church, not by the opinion of the day, not by uh, what the latest megachurch pastor's book says, but first and foremost, we're guided by his word. Let us never be swayed by, by what's popular or even politically correct, but let's allow God's word and its power to guide and guard our hearts. That's what the psalmist says in Psalms 119. Look with me to the passage. In Psalms 119, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let, let me not wander from your commands. I have stirred up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, 
your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have the answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your law sustain me. To some, this may sound elementary. To some, it may sound naive to trust so much in God's word. To some, God's word is offensive. But hear this, if you have a problem, if you have a dilemma, if something is, is life is making you full of pain, make a commitment today to seek God, what God's word says first rather than uh, try what your friend says or what your opinion is. Uh, continue to go to God's word. Don't waste your time uh, trying what you think is best first. Put God's word first. God has provided in his holy word a perfect standard for life and for Christian unity. This is one of the founding values of our entire movement. I want you to know this. Greenville First Christian Church is of a, of a movement of, of churches called the Restoration Movement. And from the beginning, uh, one of the core values was uh, that the Bible is, is our key guide. It's not guided by men's thoughts. It's guided uh, by the Word of God. And I'm so thankful for that. I know in light of our current elders, that's going to continue to, to be the case long past uh, my ministry and, and hopefully past all of our lives here, that, that our founding uh, guideline would be from God's Word. Thomas Campbell was one of the ministers that started our movement, and here's what he said at one of the first times that these churches began to meet. He said this, Where the Scriptures speak, we speak, and where the Scriptures are silent, we are silent. Here's the thought of that. Where the Scripture says something, we, we will speak out clearly, but where the Scriptures are silent, we can have a, a lot of uh, agreement to disagree on these matters. But if the Scriptures call something out plainly, we are going to, to clearly uh, make a stand on that issue. But here's the greatest truth of all of Scripture, that Jesus Christ died so that you could live. He took on His sin, uh, on our sins, on Himself, so that we might have hope, so that we could be made new. That's the greatest biblical truth of all time. But the Bible is full of biblical truth. In fact, Paul says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, all scripture is God-breathed. It is useful for teaching us what is true. It is useful for correcting what is wrong. Pause right there for a second. It is useful for showing what is true, and we need to celebrate what is true, what is done in truth. But the Bible also, if it says something is wrong, we have a responsibility to, to claim that that is wrong whether it's politically correct or not. Here's one of the other things the Bible says about what's wrong. If we, if we see a brother or sister's caught in sin, we should go to them in private. We should hold each other accountable. The Bible clearly tells us the difference between right and wrong. Go back to the text. It also says it is useful for making our lives whole again. That's all about the gospel and, and how we're made do. It is useful for training us to do what is right. By using Scripture, the servant of God, can be completely prepared to do every good thing. Wow, that's an amazing truth that, that as we study the Word, it, it prepares us to do what God wants to do, every good thing. I would like you to consider what your favorite passage is. It may be John 3, 16, uh, Philippians 4, 13, whatever it may be. I would like you to, to evaluate that and, and post it on social media if you can. Maybe uh, share it with me in, in an email. Use the hashtag, we are GFCC. 
And, and let's celebrate how God's word is useful in so many different ways. How do we make a commitment, though, to live by this word? We can memorize it. We can say we believe it. But what really is going to be the thing that leads us from just knowing it, but by trusting it to live? Here's what Paul says as he's talking to a group uh, of Christians in the church of uh, Colossae. And they're being tested. They're being told things that are false. They're being said, hey, we know you believe this, but you need to know more. They were saying that Christ wasn't enough. And here's what he says in, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I want you to know how great I struggle. I have for you and for those in Laodicea and for all those who have not seen me face to face. Paul's heart is going out to these Christians he's writing. Here's what's interesting. He's writing the church in Colossae and Laodicea, even though he's not been able to see them, in fact, maybe never being able to see them, because right now he's under house arrest. Now, he's not under quarantine. He's literally arrested, but it's probably in a house. And his thoughts and his prayers are to these Christians that he, he would love to be with, but he can't. And they are being deceived by the world. And he says, hey, pay attention to this. Don't be deceived. And in much the same way, even though we're not truly arrested by the government, government or anything, um, we're not able to meet together. And I want you to know the same truth that Paul says. Look back to the text to Colossians chapter 2. He says, I, I want their hearts to be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. He says, the mystery that I want you to see is Christ, in whom the hidden of all treasures of wisdom and knowledge I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in the body, yet I'm with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. He's saying, even though we can't be together, I want to build up your faith in Christ so you can stand firm. That's what you need to hear today. Build up your faith in Christ so no matter what is being done, no matter if we can't meet, you stand firm. Look at verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the element of spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. He says, see that no one deceives you or takes you captive with any thought that goes against Christ. So how can we do that? Man, I want to show you what Paul did. Look back to chapter 1 of Colossians, and he just elevates Christ and elevates Christ and elevates Christ. That's one thing we need to do, uh, need to do in our scripture reading. It's one thing we need to do in our worship. It's one thing we need to do in our conversation. If you've got something to complain about, forget it. Elevate Christ. If you've got something to make a controversy, uh, try to leave it behind. Elevate Christ. Look what he says in Colossians chapter 1. And these are elevations of Christ, who he is. That's what Paul does to describe Jesus in truth. He says, he is the son that God loves. He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. He's the head of the church, the firstborn of the dead. He's the... Uh, he, he is first placed in all things. He is fully God. Here's the bottom line of what uh, Paul is proclaiming through his word. Jesus Christ is the man. He's it. He's supreme in everything. We need to elevate Jesus because he deserves it because it helps us. When we elevate Christ and we know the core truth about him, it, it lets the things of this world kind of fade away. It, it lets them seem... Uh, just non-important in light of everything. And I believe that's so important in 2020 because everybody's got an opinion. And as Christians, 
We're bombarded with opinions of the world. We're bombarded with doubts from uh, special interest groups. Uh, politicians would tell us one thing. The media says another. Social media will say something different. And then the man down the street has his opinion. Uh, Paul tells us in chapter 2, verse 4, I tell you this about Christ. He's talking about Christ. So that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. There's going to be arguments in the world that, that seem compelling. But he says, stay focused on what really matters. Colossians 2, 2 says this, that true understanding of God's mystery is found in Christ himself. The, the pivotal thing that we all need to understand, the true mystery uh, of everything uh, that really makes uh, knowledge even have any value is that Christ died for us, that he loved us enough that he would send his son to be our savior. This passage here reminds us that, that the understanding that we really need to, to focus on is all about Christ himself. And when we trust in that truth, it should encourage our hearts. I want you to know that. Trusting in, in the truth of Christ will be an encouragement to your heart. Some of you need encouragement right now. What an encouragement is to know that you can have a relationship with, with God in heaven. That for an eternity, that we will be together. Sure, we may not be together right now, whether you're watching in the morning or at night, or, or, or you don't even know who I am. Uh, here's the reality. You can have the hope of being with God in heaven and those you are in a relationship with now that trust Him forever because of what he's done. And I pray that's an encouragement. The Hebrew writer says this in Hebrews 3, encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. How are you doing with that right now? How are you doing at encouraging one another? Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a child, a parent, a coworker. It might be a neighbor that just needs some encouragement. Don't give up, but, but when we trust in Christ, put him first, it allows us to, that encouragement, that hope overflows. So do that. Secondly, also, trust in the truth of Christ and be united in love. When we as brothers and sisters of Christ are united in love, here's an awesome thing that happens. We're so united and so tightly committed to one another that Satan can't hardly even find a niche in us to lead us astray. But when he can drive wedges between us, when he, when he, when he leads us to be angry with one another and divided, um, he has a great chance. So Colossians chapter 3 says this. One chapter over says this. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord has forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. When we're bound together in love, Satan has not a chance to deceive us. And, and that love is multiplied when, when we forgive. So let me ask you this. Who do you need to forgive? Maybe someone's hurt you. Maybe they put you down. Maybe they said, hey, you're really old. Declan, I forgive you. Maybe you need to forgive someone else of something that, that cuts much deeper than that. Offer forgiveness. But let me also ask you this. Who do you need to seek forgiveness from? Who have you offended? Who have you hurt that you need to say, hey, I'm sorry. I for, uh, I, I'm not only uh, forgiven, but, but I would like to ask for forgiveness. Finally, trust in the truth of Christ and enjoy the full treasures of God. Here, here's the context of what's going on in Colossian, uh, the church in Colossae. Uh, the church is being told by some religious leaders because Paul's not there. They're hearing from some, some friends that, hey, if you really want to have the full experience of life, if you really want to be a true uh, believer of God, then you have to add this to the Christian faith. They're saying, if you really want to have uh, know the full mystery, the full treasures of, of what God has in store for you, you've got to add this to the religion. You've got to do this. 
Sometimes we're told by our friends that, that you're not uh, really truly having the full experience of Christ if you don't do this, 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 and this. And what Paul here is saying, when, it, when everything boils down to what we need, what, what we're grounded is in, in our Savior, Jesus Christ. So do not be deceived. You don't have to have this philosophy and this thought. If it's not in God's Word, it is not a part of God's plan. But here's the cool part. Here's what he says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. In Christ are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I want to challenge you to believe that. I want to challenge you to trust His Word, to not look at it just like a book or something you do on Sunday morning. I challenge you to put your faith in Christ because when I've done that, this is a personal testimony, whenever I uh, am obedient to God's Word, when I place my trust in Him, I find more treasure than I could ever find in my own, by far. Does that mean I'm happy all the time? Absolutely not. Uh, during this uh, COVID crisis, there's a lot of days where I am not happy, but I can still have peace and I can have confidence that Christ is my King and I can, I can have joy. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Look with me to the Word. It says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Through Christ, we can have peace no matter what happens. But Tyson, you might be thinking, I want to be happy. I'm ready to get things back to the way they were. I want to be happy. I want you to know God has something better than the way things were. As we trust in Him, as we fully submit to Him, uh, church is going to be better. Your life is going to be better. When we value God's Word above all, when we put Christ first, the best is yet to come. Too often we try to justify our lives by saying, well, God would really want me to have this and, or, or He would want me to do this because He wants me to be happy. I want you to know this. God is less concerned with your happiness, but He wants you to be holy. God doesn't want you to be happy headed to hell. He wants you to be holy headed to heaven. And that's when we elevate Christ and make Him Lord of our life. Don't be deceived. Don't think that you have to add something to your faith beyond what Christ has done. His salvation, what He's done on the cross, and His resurrection are completely sufficient, more than sufficient. Are you ready to be changed by Him? Are you ready to give your life to Him? What does God's Word say about what, what it takes to be saved? Man, I want you to look at this. We value God's Holy Word, and here's what it says in Acts chapter 2. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all those who are far off. For all whom the Lord your God will call. I believe you are being called by God. If you've not accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you're watching this uh, for some seemingly random reason today, it's not random. God is calling you. These are, these are, you are the people that are far off. But now you've been drawn, you've been drawn near to Him. Christ is calling you today to trust in Him, to make Him Lord, to, to uh, allow your life to be led by His Word and to be blessed beyond what you could imagine. I want to thank you for listening today. If you've got a question or a comment or you'd like to take the next step following Jesus, give me a call. Uh, send me an email. And I will be praying for you and I'll be willing to help you take the next step. We value God's Word. I pray that you continue to do that as well. And I pray that you're blessed beyond what you can imagine when you put it first, when you put Christ first. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to, to honor you, to honor your word, to value it um, as the guide for our lives. Father, we thank you for the core truth in your word that Jesus was given so that we could be saved, that he was sacrificed so that we could live. And he lives forever forever. 
and we will be with him again. Even while we're separated now, we have the hope to be with him forever. And I give you glory for that right now. In Jesus' name, amen.